everyone. Thanks for listening to the Midweek Podcast. In this show, we strive to open a dialogue of how life recovery and God's Word go hand in hand. Every week, our speaker will be going through the biblical process of life transformation. And now, another episode of the Midweek Podcast. about it. I'm not really even working through it anymore. Um, from Abraham to David, to David and Bathsheba with the split of Solomon and Nathaniel and or Nathan and working our way down to Mary and Joseph tonight for our last midweek gathering of the of the 2021 year. Which is tough to believe, but uh, taking a little break. We'll still have temporal recovery the next two weeks. We'll take a break till January 5th. <clears throat> but, yeah, today, <clears throat> tonight, uh, I'm going to give you three sermons. <laughs> um, three sermonettes that are, yes, 40 minutes each, Bob. We're going to walk through... No, 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 it's not going to be that long, I promise. Uh, we're going to walk through three people that three of my favorite aspects of the story of Jesus' birth, and uh, no, one of them is not Jesus, okay? I know that's, ah, but uh, these three people that are integral, integral and used by God are three people that we're going to look at that I can definitely relate with. So the way I'm, I package this is I, uh, I don't know about you, but this, these are things that God has taught me and convictions that I have felt And so instead of framing it in any way that's all about you, I'm going to say it from my standpoint, and hopefully the Lord will reveal to you if you struggle with these things as well. So my first question, uh, my challenge to God, uh, is who am I to do that? Who am I to do that? We see that often in the struggle between God's commandments and, and, and the, the vision or the, the, the place or the thing in which people are told to go, do, say, the calling and the, the, the purpose of some people. Their response to God is, who am I to do that? Who am I to pray for that person? Who am I to share that who am I to preach and teach? Who am I to contribute in a small group? Who am I to lead a small group? Who am I to volunteer? Who am I to sign up my kids for Awana, which is starting January 12th of next year here? Yeah, come on, man. Who, who, am, I, who am I to do these things? Who am I to obey God? But well, one of the characters that I love in the story is, is my man Joseph. And I can't imagine the thought that he had of, who am I to be his dad? So when we look, and the way in which he's told the news, the way he finds out, he didn't get any... Mary, listen, Mary got told before. Mary got warned. Joseph found out down the road, okay, Joseph finds out that Mary is pregnant. Mary uh, says this information, and, and Joseph's response is one of love and respect. But let's go to it. 
in Matthew chapter 1. And Pastor spoke some to it in terms of uh, the marriage process and the three stages where there's the negotiation, then the engagement, then the official marriage. Uh, but if you broke things off while you were engaged, it required a divorce to do so. Okay? And, uh, and so we see uh, Joseph's response here. Uh, verse 19, And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David. If you guys have listened to sermons on Sunday or last week, you understand why it's important that he said, son of David. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So Joseph finds out that his, his sweet bride-to-be is pregnant, and he's a righteous man. And he's respect and love for this woman. And he plans to navigate this in the, one of the most politically correct scenarios to send her away in secret to dissolve things. And he's approached by an angel. And the angel explains to him, no, this is all true. And he is the Messiah. Fathered by the Holy Spirit. And he will be your son. Lately, I've been reminded with my kids, uh, man, how blessed I am to be called a dad. And uh, in our young marriage group, we've got a lot of pregnant people, and I remember the first time I felt the weight of being a dad and the stress and the fear and the anxiety of taking the little ball of baby and putting it in the car seat as we leave the hospital for the first time, which doesn't come with a manual, which I needed to take no courses to be able to be entrusted with. A young a young guy that has no idea how to be married, a young guy that has no idea how to, you know what I'm saying, just like trying to figure everything out in life, to be a dad and responsible of stewarding, fathering this child. You see, what we, what we fail to realize as parents is that our children were his first. And our children are, are stewarded to us by God intentionally. For a season of time, to be representation of the Father to the children and raising them in an understanding and shaping their worldview with Him at the center of it. And for every dad that feels unqualified, for every parent that feels unqualified, 
that says, who am I to do that? I want you to know, just like God specifically chose Joseph, he also chose you in the context of your situation. I wholeheartedly believe that. That as Joseph raised a child that was not of his blood, he, through the power of God, could raise the child of God, Jesus Christ. So if any of you struggle with the question, who am I to do that, God? Who am I to do that? Things don't happen by accident. Purpose is not given by chance. Giftings are not a roll of the dice or a, or a, a lucky combination of all of your genetics that make you. You are crafted by God. You are empowered with purpose intentionally. If you took all of eternity and turned it into a big old jigsaw puzzle, there is one piece that is shaped with your name on it, that only you can fill. In the plan of our Father, you, you, you have an opportunity. We can choose to accept it or reject it. We can run from it and avoid it. You have a mantle that's available, and there is purpose to your life. So who are you? You're chosen. You've been selected. And if you haven't accepted Christ, you are desired and pursued. Another person in the story, which I don't know if you've heard of her, but her name's Mary, and she was the mother of Jesus. Here's, uh, here's my question for myself uh, that I've asked often. Who am I to choose what he cannot use? Who am I to choose what God cannot use to bring glory to his name? Someone becoming pregnant before they were married, there were grave consequences. They were unclean and rejected. In some situations, they were excommunicated or even killed. It, 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 this is a very serious offense that the culture and the world would see as disqualifying, embarrassing, and a stain on the name. And I have, I mean, yes, Mary, incredible. I can't, she, not one moment does she doubt anything. So, I mean, but if it were me, I would have definitely said, God can't use this. And if I was watching and I found out about Mary, I'd say, oh, I doubt it. How many times are there things that are in your past that are like the disqualifying nature of being pregnant before uh, being married in, in, in that century of Jewish culture? 
sin. Sometimes very public sin. Sometimes very private sin. Addiction. Choices from your past that haunt you to this day. And you've said to yourself, he can't use that. He can't use me. I'm broken. I'm messed up. I'm a screw up. I'm a loser. I'm not good enough, not smart enough, not outgoing enough. He can't use this. What I love is God specific, nothing's by chance, right? God specifically chose to impregnate a woman in this portion of her life as a young girl before she was married. He intentionally did this, knowing what it could potentially cost her in her culture. Who are we to say? Who am I to say God can't use that? And who are you to say God can't use that from your own life? Because he can. That's what he specializes in. So we have Joseph. We have Mary. And then we got crazy uncle. All right, Zachariah. So this, this, this... Amazing guy. Okay, listen. John the Baptist, all right? So, uh, forerunner, foretold in the Old Testament, um, there was going to be a person that, that, that paved the way, right? That, 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 that led before Christ came to run it. The forerunner. And so, uh, let's see here. Zechariah, we're going to go to Luke chapter 1, verse 11. And this is what happened. All right. So I'm going to call him Zach. So Zach, Zach, he learned a lesson um, that I believe will drastically impact us today. And this is what, this is what the, the question that I framed for me that I've struggled with that I've been convicted of. Who am I not to receive what he has said? Who am I not to receive what he has said? So, verse 11. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel, and fear gripped him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for... Your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. This is a portion of Scripture that testifies 
to when life is. Recognize this. You'll be filled with the Holy Spirit when he's in his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. It is he who will go as a forerunner before him, capital H, him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. His response, Zechariah said to the angel, How will I know this for certain? For I am an old man, and my wife, I like how he says this, is advanced in years. (laughs) Smart. Then the angel answered, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and bring you this good news. And behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. He was muted because he did not receive what God had said. He used the words from his mouth which carry power, and he doubted that which Gabriel communicated, which he knew is a prophecy from the Old Testament. And because of his lack of faith, his voice was silenced until what was said comes to fruition. Who am I to not receive what he has said? As we continue to read in uh, Luke 1, as you get over to uh, verse 57, John is inevitably born, born, uh, and, and Zacharias is still mute. And he's serving, he's working in the temple, and, and John is born, and they're like, what should we name him? Let's go, Zach Jr., let's name him Zacharias. And they're like, no, no, I think John. And there came a point where Zacharias came into the room, and he's still unable to talk, and he grabs a tablet, and he writes, his name will be John. In a way, listen, this is a note, students or any adults that do social media, um, posts matter. This technically I would consider one of the first tweets ever. And he said, his name will be John with writing, And instantly, he regained his voice, and he begins to prophesy about what his son will do. It took time, but he finally began to receive what that angel had said about what his son was going to do and the fulfillment of prophecy that was now inevitable through his son named John. There's two things that are important about this. 
There's two things that are so important. One, you need to know what's been said in his word about you. Who am I not to receive what he has said? In order to receive what he has said, it needs to be read. I'm rhyming a lot tonight. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because he has said a whole lot about you in his word. But that's not the only way that he communicates. Not to us, not today. Not through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because he is speaking constantly, quietly, gently to us. So here's my question. Who are you not to receive what he has said? Who are you not to receive what he has said about you? There are people in here that have been uh, inspired, challenged, been given dreams and vision of purpose and significance that doubt it. Something has been said over you that is now a foggy memory. Because the things out there or the busyness and chaos of life has become far too loud and taken up too much room in between those ears. But I wholeheartedly believe that there's been purpose and declaration that has been spoken over so many of us that we've chosen not to receive when God has clearly stated it. We struggle with believing that we're worthy because we don't believe what he said of our worth. We don't believe that we are capable because we don't believe and we have not accepted what he said about his ability. We don't believe that there is hope because we have not received what he said about our future. We are overwhelmed and paralyzed by anxiety and fear because we have not received the hope that he has given. We put a higher priority of the, the things that are of this world because we have not received the perspective that Christ came and delivered and initiated through his ministry. Who am I to not receive what he has said about me? And who are you? What I love about this story and, and these three people, as, as Mary and Joseph have this child and, and old Zach struggles with accepting the reality of what is to come, 
And inevitably, God is glorified because everything that's been said comes to fruition. Everything that was declared comes to be. And they begin to walk through what it means to see things that have been prophesied, things that have been declared, things that God has said, whether it be through messenger, person, or his word, come to pass. And they now have an increased measure of faith. So my question to you is, what do you believe? What do you believe? What do you believe about Christmas? What do you believe about his word? What do you believe about what he said? What do you believe about the purpose that he's given you? What do you believe about the ministry that he's entrusted to you wherever you're at? What do you believe about the family that he surrounded you with? What do you believe about the children that he stewarded to you? What do you believe about your past and the sin? What do you believe about grace and what is righteousness? What do you believe about life with a kingdom perspective? What do you believe about sin that was truly buried with Christ? What do you believe about substances or things that tend to have grips and the authority that they have over him? What do we believe about the resurrection and the good news? What do we believe even in death and suffering? What do you believe And for some, who do you believe in? And if it's not Christ, that's a good place to start. And if all the other questions, your answer is, I don't know, start with the first one you can remember off the top of your head and pray and seek and fast until you find out and let it change you. Let him change you. Father, we come to you having asked these questions ourselves. Who am I to do that? Who am I to walk that out? Who am I to share the good news? I'm just a mess up. Who am I to do that? Holy Spirit, I pray that you minister to the heart right now that is struggling to answer that question. Let each of us be reminded that those that put their faith in Jesus Christ, we are a child of yours. We have been sent and empowered. And we have authority given by Christ. That we can walk in righteousness. Father, for the people 
for the people that are struggling like Mary did. They're saying, who, who am I to choose what he cannot use? That are struggling with what it means to actually receive forgiveness. For those that are struggling to accept what it means to be seen as righteous through faith. It doesn't matter what they've done. It doesn't change who they are. And they are capable of walking with you in righteousness. Forgiven in the pursuit of holiness. Father, whatever stronghold the enemy has in how we see our past, let it be broken in the name of Christ right now. Father, there are people in here, and you know it. They have not been receiving what you have said about who they are, about their purpose today, about the hope that there is, about the freedom that there is, about the restoration and the reconciliation that is available. Holy Spirit, I pray that you soften our hearts, that you open our ears, and that scales may fall from our eyes and that we receive what you have said. And it changes the way that we see in this life. Father, thank you for your son. God, let those of us that have lost focus on the season, let us repent in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, let us worship you. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to the Midweek Podcast here at Temple Church. If something spoke to your heart today, we'd love to hear from you and walk alongside you. You can reach us at temple at temple.church or you can send us a text message at 252-521-2093. If you enjoyed this week's episode, we'd love it if you rate and review the show and share it with your friends. That helps us to get the word out. Again, you can join us weekly for more episodes on how God can transform us and use us for His kingdom. We'll see you next time.